Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. I'm Austin Meek with Waco Business News, and you're listening to Downtown Depot, where we track the ins and outs of Waco Business. The word on the street this month is housing. We'll hear from longtime friend Austin Hooper, residential real estate expert, to tell us what in the world is going on with inflation rates and the local housing stock in Waco. But first, let's focus on multifamily housing, interviewing developer Caitlin Rogers on her new 49-unit apartment building on the Elm Avenue corridor. Caitlin is the president of Nexus Development and is a real estate developer who is putting a project on 509 Elm right here in the heart of East Waco. Welcome to Downtown Depot. Well, thank you so much, Austin, for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to join with your listeners. The focus of this week's episode is about housing. Okay. And after we have our conversation, we're going to get to hear from a residential real estate expert who's here in Waco, really in the single family space. But what you guys do is multifamily. You're doing apartments here on Elm Avenue. Give me an idea about what your background is in real estate development and and why your group decided that this block on Elm Avenue is the place where we should put a bunch of housing for people. And I'll make it as short as possible because it is such a long story. This did not happen overnight. And that's the beauty of development. It takes time. It takes teamwork. And it originally started with five years ago, wanting to create a purpose bigger than myself. I wanted to make a bigger impact. And I had to figure out how could I separate myself from a regular employment by paying my bills? How could I create that space where I could have the bills paid, I could separate myself from employment and create something bigger than myself? And so I went into financial literacy. And that's what I encourage everyone to get started in when you're trying to break away from that nine to five mindset that you may have. And it's, it's crazy. Me my husband, we've been married for 10 years now. And 10 years ago, when I first visited Waco, Texas, it was not what it looks like today. A completely different town. The development wasn't as much. And the town just needed, it had its historic feel, but it needed life. And that's exactly what we're seeing happening today. So three years ago, what made me get involved was the change that I was seeing happening. From 10 years ago to six years ago now to four years ago now, there has been massive movement in Waco, Texas. And yes, we have to give it to Chip to Joanne and we have to give it to bigger sectors like Baylor and the new basketball stadium that's coming. Those are big things that are going to impact the community. And I told myself, Caitlin, you've got to get involved because there's a community, a piece of the community out there that needs someone who is looking out for them, looking out for their interest in the overall community development that goes along with real estate development. There's a number of places in the Waco area that your company could have put this development. Why Elm Avenue? So when I originally started, we started on Waco Drive because I wanted to develop in areas that needed to be revitalized. Areas that, I'm not sure if you're aware of opportunity zones, but areas that focused more so to help revitalize and help grow, stimulate the community. That was my focus, to be able to offer affordable housing per se. And so I started on Waco Drive, but 
when I when I started to talk to the city council and I started to understand the development and the way that it was moving, I started off at City Center and I talked to Megan. I'm not sure if you if you remember Megan or, Henderson, of course. Megan Henderson. And and it started there. It started with Megan and it started with Michael. And I went in with vision, Austin. I went in with purpose. And I went in with massive confidence because I knew the change was coming. It was here already. And I knew that I could impact that particular community and keep the interest of that community. So they offered me uh, the opportunity to be able to purchase a lot that they had purchased solely for the interest of a developer who had the interest of the community. It came together so beautifully, almost as if it was meant to be. I say that all the time. What have been your conversations with community members? What are you learning about East Waco? I've learned so much within the last three years. One of the pieces is that they want to make sure we're not missing them, that we're not excluding them out of the growth that's happening. And that's just one. Another factor is making sure that we provide a place that's beautiful, a place that is appealing, that they want to come and visit and and do business at. And also another one is just being able to provide local stores like grocery stores, being able to provide that space for them, because I'm not sure if you're aware, Austin, but our property is mixed use. So it allows for some commercial and for some residential. And that's the new wave that's coming to towns. Mixed use, being able to incorporate in a downtown setting, residential and commercial because it works. It's been proven to work. So now you have residents who may live upstairs, but they can go to work downstairs. They have the opportunity for employment. And we know, yes, we can provide the housing. Yes, currently we see rents going up. So we have to make sure that we're keeping up with the job growth, especially here in Waco, Texas. You're hearing from Caitlin Rogers, president of Nexus Development especially in a time like now where gas is so expensive. Exactly. Having to have an hour-long commute is not as attractive or as cost-effective as it was even a month ago. So being able to live, work, and play in the same area, it provides a quality of life that not a lot of people in Waco are able to have. And, And truly in multiple communities, too. And that's what I love about Waco, Texas. If you go to California... They are mimicking the exact same feel, being able to get on your scooter and drive downtown and it be five minutes away. Waco has something very special about its town, and that's why I'm so involved because I want to be a part of the growth that's happening. I'm the chairman of the transportation board in Waco. Oh, my gosh. And we had our our monthly meeting yesterday, and Serena Stevenson is the amazing lady who runs our transit system. And... She probably is frustrated with me because I say this at almost every meeting, (laughs) but reminding people that transit and transportation, it's not just about buses. It's not just about cars. It's about scooters. It's about walking. Yes. And the city right now is undergoing a plan to make sure that in the downtown area that there are ADA accessible sidewalks Mm -hmm. and ramps. Mm -hmm. Right at the corner of 7th and Franklin, I was walking it on Saturday with the Waco Walks group. There is an off-ramp for someone in in a wheelchair, but- it's a diagonal one, so you're going to go shooting right into the middle of oh, the intersection right that. Yeah, just, the thought process. Yeah, it's like there's been a level of what I could see as disrespect, but probably it's not disrespect. It's not malice. It's just people haven't been thinking just, about yeah, it. Yeah, the unknown. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. typically what mm-hmm. it is. And I feel like in a lot of ways that's what's been happening on Elm Avenue too, historically, mm-hmm. where it's not that people are against Elm Avenue developing. It's that there have been higher priorities, mm-hmm. and I'm really grateful to see – that the city is empowering entrepreneurs like you Mm -hmm. to understand this is a focus for us. We need private and public partnership. There you go. And that's what I loved about the community members in Waco, Texas, who were so driven by the growth 
particularly in East Waco, because I'm sure you're aware there has been some barriers to that growth. There has been, you know, fights against gentrification. When you bring up that word, then it opens up a totally different can. And when we're, we're talking inflation here at this time that we're living in right now, it's scary times for people. And we have to be able to educate those individuals to let them know how the economy works, how we bring in jobs, how we provide job growth. I'm not sure if you guys are aware, which I'm sure you are, but the minimum pay going up in Waco, Texas is now $15. It's climbing. And that's good for Waco. It's good for every community when you're experiencing job growth and in wages. And that's when you see growth like that, that's what makes you become a part of the growth that's happening in Waco. And particularly East Waco has historic, like you've just mentioned, the city alone has invested $2.2 million just in revitalizing the sidewalks, the landscape, and the streets. That's enough to say, listen, this is change that's happening, and I want to be a part of it, and I want to make sure we keep the community's interest at heart. Hourly rates are rising in Waco. We hear from Austin Hooper next segment about how interest rates are rising all mm-hmm. across the country. That might mean that it makes more sense to rent an apartment mm-hmm. rather than to buy something. So what are the specs of your building? How many units are there? What's the average size of the units? What could people Absolutely. expect so they're interested in living there? The, yeah, we have studio fixed. So we have a total of about 31 bedrooms and a total of 13 two-bedrooms. Our two-bedrooms range from about 1,000 all the way up to 1,700 square feet. We do have a luxury, four luxury-style apartments that sit on the top floor, and they give you a view of the entire downtown Waco. So you get to see the Baylor Stadium. You get to have a beautiful view of the river. And we have a total of 47 residential units, and we've got a total of five commercial units that can be merged together to make bigger commercial units. It's available for restaurants. It's available for any office space that's needed, any restaurant business that's needed there. They have the accessibility to store that space. And we have great space as well for charging stations for the vehicles that are electrical driven. Yes. So that's that's a big piece that we wanted to make sure that we incorporated because with such big changes that we're seeing from the car charging station realm and everything that's just changing just digitally, we want to be a part of that change. And I want to incorporate that. If you want to see some beautiful renderings of this building, follow me on Instagram or Facebook at Waco Business News. If people want to make an inquiry about living here, is there a website they should go to? Can they yes. find me on social media? Yes. So the website is called the thebroadwayplaceapartments.com. They can go to that website or they're more than welcome to reach out to me directly. My name on Instagram is Caitlin Rogers. My name on Facebook is Caitlin Rogers as well as LinkedIn. You guys can reach out to me directly. We are not quite pre-leasing yet. We will be pre-leasing, however, in August of September of this year. So it is to begin soon. We are offering deals for those pre-leasing units as well. Caitlin, thank you so much for taking your expertise and your capital to Waco. Mm -hmm. You're going to make all of Waco and especially that Elm Avenue corridor a really fun place to work, live, and play. So really appreciate you coming to Waco and for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Austin. I really appreciate you giving me a call and really inviting me. It means everything to know that someone is witnessing the change and someone is broadcasting it. Because it's one thing to be a part of it, but it's another thing to show people what a town can do when you bring it together. Thank you. I'm now joined in studio by Austin Hooper. Austin is a realtor at AG Real Estate and our residential real estate expert. You used to be on Downtown Depot every month, and it's been a while, so welcome back. It's great to be back. Thanks for having me. Gosh, Austin, it's you know probably been a year and a half, two years since you were coming on here consistently. 
a lot in the real estate world, macro trends has changed, and specifically a lot in the Waco area real estate world when we're talking about housing for people. Um, give us an idea of what you have been experiencing the last two years in your real estate business throughout COVID and, and now wherever we are in this post-COVID process. The last time we talked, I think it was probably in 2020 in the, in the midst of COVID. And when COVID first kind of hit everyone's radars there in early March, I told my wife, it's like, brace yourself. I have no idea what's going to happen this year. I could have zero closings for the rest of the year for all I know. And there was a a long pause there maybe in March where people were getting their bearings. What's going on here? Not a whole lot of activity out there. Everyone was strict lockdown quarantine. But within a few weeks, as we know, things just went nuts. The market was on fire. Uh, It was most real estate sales volume that Waco had ever seen. And we know that was happening nationwide. So it went from this scary unknown, are we all going to be locked down and not doing anything all year to uh, the beginning of what I would say, just the frenzied market environment that we have been in up to about four to six weeks ago when when things have shifted a little bit uh, that we can talk about later. So just so listeners know, here we are in the middle of July. So you're talking maybe at the end of May is when you started to sense things changing? That's when I would say the the peak of the frenzied nature of the market hit its peak and things have slowed down, I guess is one way you could characterize it, or returning to a little bit of normalcy is another way you could characterize it. It is still a hot market. It's still a seller's market for the most part. But in relation to what we were feeling up until about yeah middle of May or so, things have definitely downshifted from you know sixth gear to maybe fourth gear. If you're not involved in the residential real estate space, like I am not involved and I'm not in the process of buying a house, I might not understand what's happening with interest rates right now. I've heard that interest rates are rising, but practically, what does that mean for a homeowner? It means that you're paying more for a loan now than if you were to have bought your house six months ago. And where the interest rates are now, is this just considered high because we've been in a really low interest rate world recently? Or like historically, is this still considered a high time? Great question. Historically, if we're at, a, at an average of maybe five and a half on a 30-year conventional mortgage right now, which is historically low, absolutely, we are coming out of a period of absolute rock bottom lows that have ever existed in terms of mortgage rates. So it feels a lot higher than where we've been. But it's still historically five and a half percent is a pretty normal interest rate. So let's say you have a $2,000 a month mortgage payment. Well, two months ago, that would have earned you a $500,000 home. And now it only earns you a $350,000 home. Is that essentially what it means? That's correct. And I feel like what I've seen as far as the impact of interest rates uh, with the clients I've been working with, I haven't seen anyone get out of the house hunt necessarily, or people decide maybe I'm not going to buy a house right now. I have seen budgets change because, yes, the you know when you go from 3.5 to 5.5% interest, that's a significant difference in your mortgage payment. So what was once affordable uh, on a monthly payment-wise at like you said, 500k. Maybe now you're you're having to look closer to 400k just to keep that monthly payment in a place that you're comfortable with. 
back when you were coming on here every month for the residential recap, Austin, we were talking at that time about how there was a real lack of new housing stock in the Waco proper area. A lot of the development was happening in China Spring, Hewitt, Woodway. Has that tone changed at all in the last two years? And do you know of any plans for bringing more new housing stock? I know that the redevelopment of the Floyd Casey area has been something that's been on the docket for a while. I'm not sure if there's been any tangible updates of that, though. There is a lot of building happening, which is great, mostly in that outer edges of the Waco area, the 84 corridor. But there are so many people moving to Waco that new development, those new builds are not keeping pace with the rise in people moving here from out of town. So, yeah, that lack of inventory, again, I'd say up until about a month ago, has still been the driving factor behind why prices have been skyrocketing the way they have. It's not a a bubble. It really is just simple supply and demand, basic economics. That's why things have been going up. The shift that we're seeing in the last four to six weeks, there are actually houses on the market now that you can go and look at. Whereas before, if you weren't at that new listing within 24 hours, it was gone. Now, For example, uh, I've got a a listing in zone for Woodway Elementary over in Woodway and ran a quick search the other day, and there were 25 houses for sale zoned for Woodway Elementary under 500K. If I would have told you that four to six weeks ago, you'd think I was crazy. Things were going under contract within two or three days. If they were priced correctly, those that sat on market you know the only reason something would still be on market at that point is if it was overpriced. Now you've got you've got correctly priced homes that are still sitting on market because uh, and we can get into this later why why is there more inventory now? Why are things sitting a little bit longer? But it's it's great for buyers to have that to have a little more choice uh, now. Um, and again resembling a little bit more of a normal market. Uh, Average days on market before this last frenzied couple of years we've been in was about 60 days. That was a normal, 45 to 60 60 days was a normal time to be on market. Um, When that gets down to only five days on average, when when you get backed up, up to what may be a little more normal, you know, 30 days on market, it feels like, man, things have come to a screeching halt. Whereas in reality, it's really just a, a normal, healthy market. So going back to your last comment, what are some of your opinions on why these houses are now on the market for longer? It can't just be the rising interest rates. That's correct. Um, there are, of course, a variety of factors. Um, if I could lump a few of them into one category, it would be the macroeconomic situation that we're in right now. Rising interest rates, inflation, um, that 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 is playing a little bit of a part in things. Um, Just the cost of living today is so much more than it was before the pandemic. I feel like every time I go somewhere, I'm asked to tip them, and it's like this silent tax where I end up tipping you for putting my drink in a to-go container, and it's like everything in my life now costs 15 to 20% more. Gas prices, gas prices are crazy right now. Just colloquially, driving by Magnolia, I don't see as many cars at Magnolia anymore. And I think that's probably because a lot of people were driving to come to Waco, or they would fly into Austin and fly out of Dallas and and stop at the silos on the way. I mean, these have major ramifications, these larger global 
economic events have major ramifications for our life in Waco. Absolutely. And yeah, even your example of, do I make that road trip or not? When gas was two bucks a gallon, it, there, there was no hesitation there because you're not going to feel that. Um, now you really have to consider, well, that little road trip all of a sudden is an additional $150 to what it would have been a couple of months ago. So there, there is that, that, just that little hesitation, that little bit of pause could be enough for people to say, eh, you know what, maybe, maybe not, maybe not right now. That same mentality, I think you can uh, translate over to the housing market as well. Perhaps people are, one, maybe just fatigued by all that's going on, and they just say, hey, even if, and I, I would tell you right now, it's a great time to buy a house. Interest rates are still historically low. The market is taking a bit of a breath where you as a buyer do have more options out there. But if you're that fatigued from all that's been going on and you're feeling the pinch on groceries and gas, maybe you do just say, I, don't, I, I can't think about that right now. I don't want to mess with that right now. Another, so, so there is that macroeconomic um, and, and, and very real, you know, very real aspects that affect your personal budget. So it's not just macro in a macro sense that you're not going to feel. I mean, these are very real, tangible um, hitting your pocketbook on a daily basis. Another aspect of it, which this may sound silly, but as you know, we are in uh, the midst of triple digit temperatures for a solid two months now. We, we usually don't hit these numbers until later in the year. And the summer slowdown in the real estate market happens every year. In my personal experience and recollection that usually happens around August. And um, when temperatures are rising, there's certainly a school calendar thing that comes in, into play there. But with the heat arriving earlier in the year, again, I know it may sound insignificant, but I think that plays a very real part in people. Again, we'll call it fatigue. Again, I don't want to mess with going to look at houses when it's 106 outside. So the fact that the these hot temperatures have arrived earlier in the year than they typically do. I, I think this summer slowdown that we're experiencing, which again, we have this every year, but it has arrived a lot earlier this year. So I do think the, the weather, um, again, as silly as that sounds, actually plays a real part in that as well. You're hearing from Austin Hooper, realtor with AG Real Estate, and Austin routinely would come onto Downtown Depot every month before the pandemic and talk to us about the housing market. We know that housing isn't just single family. There's also people who want to live in apartments or condos. And the guest before you today is from a group that's developing an apartment building on Elm Avenue. And I know you spend a lot of time on Elm Avenue between Brotherwell Brewing and a commercial property that you're a part of. What's your thought on housing in the downtown area? The riverfront development, the Brazos Promenade, that's getting close to deliver some apartments there. Do you see multifamily as something that's attractive for people living in downtown? And how does that impact how you would compare someone living downtown in an apartment versus potentially going and buying a house? What kind of counsel would you give them? I do think there are, um, with all the folks moving to Waco, a lot of those coming from other markets, larger cities where urban living um, is maybe more common. I do see a more urban-minded demographic moving to Waco, which is really exciting. And there's so much activity and things on the horizon coming for downtown, um, not just in the commercial and retail space, but residential as well. Uh, very excited to see all the progress that's being made along Elm Avenue. I feel like that, that stretch of Elm is going to be 
finish it up here pretty soon, hopefully. And once that's done, just what is on the horizon for, for East Waco is is super exciting. I think an apt analogy is that kid who had braces all through middle school and then shows up after the summer and all of a sudden is just beautiful and attractive. That's largely been the Selma Avenue so corridor good. because they've had those braces up, right? They've had blockades preventing people from going down Elm Avenue because they've been doing this streetscape improvement project and some infrastructure work, $6.8 million worth of work that was done there for the streetscape improvement. So it's going to be a major glow up for Elm Avenue That's right. if and when that does open up, and, and we know it will. That's right, yeah. Super, super excited for that. I think people that maybe haven't been on the east side – in a while, or yeah, if the construction has been preventing them from going down there, I think they're going to be really amazed by what they see. And I think we're finally going to see that radical transformation of Elm Avenue that we've we've known has been coming uh, for a while now, but I think we'll really see that come to fruition in probably next year or whenever that, that all gets wrapped up. Well, take a look at the McLennan County Appraisal District website. You can see there's some Interesting things happening over there on the Elm Avenue corridor, people getting ready to make plays. I think that it's important to remember for all people who are listening to the show who are in Waco that a summer slowdown is real in pretty much any industry here besides maybe the ice industry in summers. And so while you're running into a slowdown in the residential side, I was talking with a, a friend of mine who's in the food space and he said, basically, we work in the spring and we work in the fall. And in the summers, we're just crossing our fingers and biding time until Baylor's back in school because that's such a big piece of the puzzle for us. It's really easy for citizens to see brands on Instagram and think, oh, they're so cool. They're so popular. They must be profitable. And I can tell you as someone who did Pokios for five years and had 30,000 followers on Instagram and Twitter that profitability does not equal how popular you are on Instagram or on Twitter. So it's really important for all of us to remember to be supporting these local businesses, particularly in the summer while we are here. I know that your family and you recently moved into a new neighborhood. Can you talk a little bit about why you guys chose that neighborhood? And have you found any cool local businesses that are in that area that you've been exposed to now that you weren't able to support or didn't think to support beforehand? Absolutely. We recently moved about about three minutes away from where we were previously. We moved into the Mountain View area and have always loved just the the trees. And my parents are only about a five-minute walk away at this point now, which is great for our kids to be so close to their grandparents. So, you know, hopefully the last time we move for a very long time, this should hopefully be a forever home situation, as much control as we have over that. So, yeah, I think just long term, it was a place that we had wanted to be still getting settled in. I will say I, I have a new level of empathy for my real estate clients that are selling homes, having having been through really my first move as someone with with kids. And it's a lot. It's uh, there's a lot going on there. Talk about fatigue. So we're finally getting settled in. And yeah, getting to know I, I don't know that necessarily new businesses that we're frequenting, but I will say a lot of new neighbors, new relationships. It's been fun to really kind of dig deep right there on our street, get to know our neighbors, say hello to the people walking around and finding kids that are close to our kids' age has been a lot of fun. So I think that's probably where we're spending most of our our efforts right now are just within the neighborhood getting to know people. Austin, 
it is so great to get an overview of what's happening in housing. And if people want to be more tuned in and understand what's happening in this world, the AG Real Estate Group, they publish some information that often is printed in the Waco Trib where you guys give sort of an assessment of the market. If people want to know more about the company that you work for, how can they do that? Every month we put out a little report on, hey, what happened in the last 30 days? And it's a good way to keep tabs on what's been going on, trends in the market, maybe a little bit of projection on, on where things are going. So they can reach out to me or to our broker, Ashton. Um, it's really just an email list that you can get on if you want to keep an eye on trends in the market. So austinhooper.com would be an easy way to get my contact info. Yeah, happy to answer any questions anyone might have. There are so many good resources for staying plugged in and knowing what's happening in our community. And it's really important to be aware of what everybody's going through. And I love getting to have this show where experts from different industries get to come on and we get to pick your brain a little bit. So thanks so much for spending some of your very busy day. I know you've got a foundation inspection here in a minute, so we'll let you go. But I really appreciate your time and your expertise. Yeah, thanks for having me, Austin. Good to be back. Thanks again to Austin Hooper of AG Real Estate, Caitlin Rogers of Nexus Development, and you for tuning into episode 131 of Downtown Depot here on Waco Public Radio. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook in between episodes at Waco Business News. And join us back here on the first Friday of August for another conversation with a small business owner, civic leader, or engaged citizen sparking Waco's revitalization. I'm Austin Meek, and you've been listening to Downtown Depot, where we track the ins and outs of Waco business.